Wesley on this Feelman and Hooley We Tackle Life podcast. They play Rutgers at home on Wednesday. I don't know what else I can say about this team. Is They, they are what they, they are. They because... looked like they had so many weapons early in the year, and now they frequently look completely inept and meek. Meekness in the spiritual realm was good. Meekness in the college basketball realm was not good. That's who they are. They just submitted yesterday. Just very frustrating. Very frustrating. Yeah. It's very frustrating in basketball, but uh, frustrations are in perspective this morning as uh, we have topics to talk about, several of which we'd rather not talk about. Here on a Wednesday edition of the Spielman and Hooley We Tackle Life podcast. Good morning, Mr. Spielman. Good morning. How are you? Well, I'm good. Uh, boy. Uh, show prep this morning was more eventful than normal with uh, events overnight, starting with the uh, pleasant congrats to Michigan State. They have a head football coach. He's a guy that Buckeye fans know but don't know as well as Luke Fickle. But if you've paid attention to Buckeye football over the years, you certainly know the name Mel Tucker. Mel Tucker, who said he was not leaving Colorado, and the players were all excited, and Mel felt like he had something going. And Michigan State, of course, I think what doubled the salary that he was making. Money talks. It always That's has. The rumor. That's the rumor, yeah. And uh, I think it's a really good hire considering the circumstances. I think Luke would have been a better hire. We were sitting here on Monday convinced that Luke Fickle was going to take the job. Yeah. But you so notably pointed out that Amy uh, Fickle, Luke's wife, and all their kids and the family and how important roots are for them. And mm-hmm. we saw on late Monday afternoon or Tuesday, was it, where uh, – or Monday, excuse me, where Luke said, no, I'm not leaving. And I think uh, his family, and that is important to him. He makes a good salary, a decent amount of money. He's in a really good situation. And he's not going to take the job. But I do think for Michigan State, Mel Tucker is a really good hire. Mel has roots in Ohio. Obviously, he was here at Ohio State. He coached up with Cleveland, with the Browns. So he does have connections, which, of course, are very important when we talk about recruiting. And recruiting is the lifeblood of college football. And so congratulations to Mel. Congratulations to Michigan State. And I do think Michigan State, unlike most Pac-12 schools, maybe besides USC, and maybe Oregon, I guess. And at this point, Oregon, yeah. Washington, a, yeah, Washington's yeah, pretty good. Or destination, or, or final stops. And I think yeah. Michigan State could be considered one of those final stop schools. So here's hoping that uh, Mel can compete with Michigan State. I think the better, more teams you have that are really good teams, the better it is for Ohio State because it gets them ready for the playoff, and the better it is for the Big Ten as a whole. If everybody's functioning at uh, their potential in the Big Ten East, uh, it has a really the good conference. It has the potential to be as good as the SEC West. If Michigan State, Penn State, Ohio State, and Michigan are all achieving their potential right yep. now, very I good point. Michigan is not achieving its potential, and Michigan State uh, achieved its potential for a while under Mark D'Antonio, and it has fallen off. Mel Tucker checks a lot of the same boxes as you said that Luke Fickle does. He's a former Ohio State defensive coordinator, a really good recruiter, 35th class in the country this year at Colorado. At Colorado, pretty that's pretty impressive. Yeah. Um, Although, have you ever been to UC's campus? I have not been Beautiful. to uh, Boulder. I've heard of yeah. you know, <laughs> everything in Colorado is <laughs> yeah. that I've ever seen, so why wouldn't it be? Um, he uh, Mel Tucker uh, has been at Michigan State before. He was an assistant under Nick Saban, and so they're going to like that. He certainly knows what he's getting into at Michigan State in terms of what the potential of the program is, he can't know what he's getting into in terms of the far-reaching, if there are any far-reaching implications of this lawsuit by a former assistant coach. But I'm sure he's built, if he's smart, if his agent's smart, he built that into his contract. Yeah. 
So it's good. So uh, and congratulations to to Mel, and I think it gives the uh, players some stability. Mm-hmm. Mel's uh, Mel's a tough coach. I mean, he's players love him, but he's a hard guy. He's a demanding guy, and I think he is the a fit that Michigan State was looking for, right? Well, we got, talk about the fits. Yeah, yeah, he's got an NFL background, defensive coordinator in the NFL. Jacksonville um, Jaguars, by the way, I believe. He yeah. was a D.C. He was, D, I, I, he was DB coach of the Browns. Yes. Um, he was coordinator for one season at OSU, co-coordinator, I believe. Um, he's put his time in. He's put his time in. He's been at Georgia when they were really good. He's been at Alabama. Yeah, I just think of the the – coaching bandwagon that these guys have to go on and the journey that they have to go on to get where they get and it's to me it's fascinating um everybody thinks that being a college coach is is glamorous it's really hard work and you look at luke fickle for example luke is the outlier right he's the exception to the rule starts out as a ga at ohio state goes up to akron as an assistant coach okay that's a two-hour move he's a young guy no problem that's fine Comes back to Ohio State, goes two hours down the road as a head coach. Maybe he stays at Ohio State eighteen years to Cincinnati. So that's a rare, uh, rare thing. And for Luke, I think he's kind of been been lucky and, and and blessed in that situation. But the journey to become a head coach in college football it is a grind. It really is. And I have such admiration and respect. And I know it's difficult on those guys. I mean, you talk to Jimmy Johnson. Jimmy Johnson is famous head coach from Miami Hurricanes. Obviously, the Cowboys, the Dolphins just got elected into the Hall of Fame. It's interesting. I had a chance to spend some time with Jimmy Johnson out at the Fox meetings, and he was. I was up early, of course. He was up early, and I just sat down and was talking to him. And, and you know, the, the sacrifices that a man makes to be a, a coach at that level I don't think it's necessary, but I'm not going to tell anybody else how to do their job, especially a Hall of Fame guy. But I do think when, in hindsight, a lot of these guys look up and say, you know, I'm I'm grateful for the wife that I have. I'm grateful for my children. It's just, uh, unfortunately, I missed a lot of it. Well, I, Jimmy, when, uh, when I covered Jimmy at the University of Miami, right. it cost him his first marriage, and it cost him— He more than admits that, too. Yeah, right? he absolutely does, and it cost him uh, the kind of relationship I think all fathers would like to have with their mm-hmm. sons. Now, I think they patched it up later on. Yeah, they they, they do. Life. I mean, he's talking about his family, like, yeah. all the time now. But and I don't think—I I do think, Bruce, and this is important because, I mean, anybody in that profession, like a, a lot of professions, um, where— when you enter into a marriage and say your husband is a coach or or even if your wife's an FBI agent, I, I know an FBI agent who really, you know, is serves the country yeah. first yeah. above all else. You have to know what you're marrying. And I do think most women, uh, at least in the football realm, and I can use my uh, sister-in-law, Michelle, with my brother Rick, she knew what she married and the amount of time that those guys end up sacrificing. And I know sometimes that it wears on Rick and it wears on her, but, you know, they make it work. And that's just that's just the situation that they're in, and and they all knew that going into it. It's just – and another thing, it's, it's like me playing football, and you see me sometimes I come in here and I'm limping down the steps yep. and the aches and pains. I knew what I signed up for, right? And it's unfair for me – to sit here and say, why did I do all this and why did I do all that? Because I knew what I signed up to do, and I knew that there was going to be a price to pay 
later on in life. And at times I do pay a price and I'm not complaining. I'm just right. being honest. I do it all over again in a heartbeat without even uh, thinking about it. But uh, it's just the choices that we make. Then we end up living with those choices and living with those choices without regret. And I think that's a good way to live for, for a lot of people. Yeah. I mean, Luke Fickles ordered his life in a different way than Ryan Day in the time that Luke was at Ohio State. I think Ryan Day moved 15 times. Now they both ended up at a great place in their career, yeah. although this morning is not a great time to be Ryan Day, uh, which we transition now into overnight news that Ohio State defensive backs uh, Jason Wint and Amir Reap uh, are in the Franklin County Jail this morning. Mm. Uh, they are charged with rape and kidnapping uh, due to a February 4th incident uh, involving a female who was with Amir Reap. There are many places where you can find the details on this. We're not going to go deep into the details. Uh, she uh, engaged, uh, according to the report, uh, in the beginning with Amir Reap in uh, a consensual activity. Then uh, Jason Wint uh, came into the room, and things ensued that she alleges she did not consent to. Um, I think that's all the detail we need to give. As I mm. say, you can find it elsewhere. But they are arrested on felony charges. Mm. They are in jail. They will be arraigned on Thursday morning. Now, the other thing that I do think we need to convey is that the report says they required her to make a statement on videotape that the activities were all consensual and that they forced her to take a shower um, presumably to um, complicate uh, the evidence-gathering process. Uh, and so those are details in the report that I think are germane to our conversation. They are suspended from the Ohio State football team. The statement came from Ben Johnson, who is not a sports information guy but is a university guy. To this point, at a 7.20 a.m., no statement yet from Ryan Day, no statement from Jerry Emig on behalf of Ryan Day, but both players have been suspended from the team. One thing we've learned is um, you got to let the uh, – we don't know what we don't know. We only know what's been reported. One thing I've learned in my life is to let everything play out to see what happens. Um, obviously, uh, there's no more heinous – crime I could think of than rape. I mean, I just think it's awful. But it's a different world that we live in today. We know that. And so, I, you know, I if this happened, I hate saying that word if, but, you, you know, if this happened, then they got to be punished as the law sees fit to punish them. If it didn't, then, you know, these guys are, are being wrongly accused. One of the two things happened. And obviously they have enough evidence to at least charge them and indict them. But you have to let the process play out. And I'm going to reserve judgment until the process does play out. But I would say if I were Ryan Day, I'd call the team together and I'd say, you cannot put yourself in these situations. And believe me, I know that, that coaches do that continuously. I mean, that's something that mm -hmm. is a message that's conveyed all the time. And especially... Um, I think nowadays it's uh, I, I, probably more prevalent than you and I when we were at Ohio State. And, yes. Or maybe you mean, it's not. You mean in terms of the coaches addressing it? Or? Uh, I think probably coaches addressing it. And I, I, I also think uh, 
the reporting of it, right? Or the yeah, I think the reporting of it now is more uh, matches up more with actual activities. And the back in the day, I think things. Not saying were, from a reporter's point of view, I'm thinking is no. Is, in terms of it ever reaching the light of day, to yeah. where it could be found out by um, news agencies. This is Ryan Day's first big test mm-hmm. off the field. It is. Last year was a magical year. Um, everybody was dialed in on football. Uh, this will be um, a, a a matter that uh, shapes how people view Ryan Day as a disciplinarian. Uh, there will be those outside Ohio State who will, you know, assume that if these guys return – and both guys are germane to their plans in the secondary that loses three starters. Mm-hmm. As guys who've played, as names we know, they're not like, ah, oh, I never heard of this guy. I know these guys play. Um, it'll be viewed as, well, he we just let him play because he needed him. Uh, so I, my recommendation would be they stay clear away from football until this case is fully adjudicated. And then depending on how it winds up mm-hmm. uh shapes his decision going forward i mean so i that, can't say right now kick him off because i don't know how it's gonna i mean they there are many ways this could go and so for me to make a statement about what he should do right now is presumptuous i don't think he should do anything i think you let the university handle it and whatever the policy of the university is and you have to uh live and abide by that policy um you know, it's, it's tough. I mean, what if they're completely innocent? I don't know if they are or they're not. Yeah. If they're completely innocent, then, okay, you guys are, are being punished for something, for an accusation. You actually make a great point there. If the university doesn't – I mean, the university could take this off Ryan's plate by not allowing them to re-enroll. If you don't well, allow them to re-enroll, they can't be on the football team. I, I don't know that they've been, whatever the term is, de-enrolled or whatever, yeah. but I would assume Sup- if you're – suspended. And- I would assume if you're well, they've been suspended from, from football okay. activities. I don't know if they've been, if they're not allowed I, to be students anymore. Right. Uh, if the university takes them, you know, takes away their uh, their privilege to be students at Ohio State, they obviously can't play football. Uh, yeah. I don't know what the university policy is on somebody. Who's I think charged there's with a, a felony. I mean, I do think there's policies in place via the university. I would think, I would think so. And there has to be, and so for Ryan Day, obviously it. The university probably steps in and says, "Okay, since this is very serious, there's felonies that are men are being accused of felonies. Here's our policy, a university-wide uh, policy, not just for a football policy." Well, and certainly the university has policies regarding sexual assault, not mm-hmm. only because of the era that we're in, but sure. because of the Richard Strauss stuff and all that. I mean, the university is, this is a highly, highly sensitive yeah. matter on the campus of Ohio State. And so State. I don't actually, you know, in, when you think about it, because of that and what's what's going on in accusations, I would think that the university would not want Ryan Day to comment on it at all or come out and say, University is handling this, and yeah, they I have think a policy a, in place. He has to make some statement, but yeah. it, I, I think the university uh, says we got it from here type of thing. Yeah, I think the statement today that Ryan uh, makes, if in fact he makes one, and I agree with you, I think he has to be quoted on the matter in some way, shape, or form, but I think the way that he's quoted is going to be right in line with what Ben Johnson, the university spokesman, 
uh, is quoted on uh, 10tv.com, which is um, getting it up right now. It says, uh, we are aware that two of our students have been arrested and criminally charged. They have been suspended from all activities involving the football program. We will share more information when available. It doesn't really tell you anything, but it it is uh, an on-the-record statement, and I think that's important. People want to hear from the university, and they want to hear from Ryan Day. So I would expect and anticipate a statement from him pretty much saying that exact same thing today. Well, and we'll see. And, again, I, I think you have to let it play out before you draw any conclusions. Uh, I guess the lesson here, again, is for anybody, men, women, young men, young women, don't put yourself in – horrible situations yeah and, i mean you and i have uh daughters and um young men don't put yourself in this situation young women don't put yourself yeah, in this situation as know. a father that is what i would tell my daughters and you can get angry about that but that's what i will tell my daughters don't put yourself in that situation yeah and just uh, i mean i think you're naturally protective as a father i mean i tell my uh, girls all the time and you know, I, I give them little things of mace to carry around, you know, because I'm paranoid, yeah. you know. And just be aware. Don't be alone. Don't put yourself in bad or awkward situations uh, so that something bad could possibly happen. And I don't think that's – I just think that's being smart. It's not being anything else but being smart and understanding uh, and always go with – especially in college. I, I have two stepdaughters at Ohio University. Always go with groups. Yes. You know, don't go by yourself. I mean, I think there was a rapist running down at Ohio U a couple months ago. Remember that? I did not know that. Yeah, there was. And it's, so it's it's something that, you know, is very concerning. And I just uh, – it's unfortunate, un- very unfortunate for everybody involved. And, and we'll see how it plays out. And if they are indeed found guilty, then – you know, they have to face the consequences, and they should face the consequences. So last night, I go on Twitter, um, and I see that the Cheesecake Factory is trending, which, uh, you know, I haven't been to the Cheesecake Factory in a long time, but it's always a good place to go. And I, I look think and, I've ever eaten at a Cheesecake Factory. Okay. I'm not a is it good? Yeah, I mean, it's, I a, good it's cheesecake, a... I would right? say I'm, they have many different <laughs> kinds of cheesecake. It's... Uh, a lot like you know Fridays, Max and Irma's, Applebee's, mm-hmm. that kind of fair. Okay. Good, good stuff. So I'm assuming, oh, what are they going out of business or you know they something? Mm-hmm. No, this concerns uh, Baker Mayfield and uh, the Cheesecake Factory. And I know where this Cheesecake Factory is. I used to do remotes up there at Crocker Park on the west side of Cleveland. So again, uh, we're in a situation where uh, this is a topic Spielman and Hooley would rather not talk about, and we're not going to give you the play-by-play on it. The it, it begins with a radio interview. First of all, it began with social media postings that attracted the attention of a morning show in Cleveland by a guy by the name of Rover. Rover is extremely popular in Cleveland, having worked up there. He's a dominant morning personality on a rock station. I would equate Rover to Howard Stern. Okay. okay. Rover's program is Howard Stern-ish. Um, he is syndicated, so he's talented at his genre. It's not my cup of tea, but he's talented and successful. Mm-hmm. And most people in Cleveland know the name Rover. Okay, so Rover has this young woman on the show. She's 20 years old. She's from North uh, West Ohio. And she is on for 35 minutes. And she tells the story that she... Uh, 
wore a shirt to a Browns game with uh, May, you know Baker Mayfield T-shirt. Um, then she tweeted at Baker Mayfield. Baker got back to her on Twitter. She wow. doubted that it would be Baker Mayfield, but it turns out it was Baker Mayfield. They then communicated via Snapchat, which you probably know more about Snapchat than I do. It's a it's a social media app. It's kind of a hookup. I mean, is it fair to say Snapchat's kind of a hookup? No, I don't, be, think, I don't think it's a I I, I can see how— Tinder's can, a hookup app. Yeah, I, I, I can see how it can be used as a hookup app. I, I don't know a lot about it. I do think, though, that once you send your message, eventually it disappears. It disappears, yes. Which is, I think, vital into the can, story. But, about it can, what, but it can be screenshotted and saved— Nothing ever vanishes truly on the internet. Okay. okay, so they communicate via Snapchat. Uh, I'll fast forward to the end. She claims they had a, an encounter, a sexual encounter, in Baker Mayfield's SUV mm. in a parking lot near the Cheesecake Factory. Uh, she went into uh, great detail on this. She, The one thing that I found noteworthy <laughs> is she claims that on Snapchat, if you use the app a lot, you accumulate a score for which indicates how frequently you use the app. Okay. And she indicated that Baker Mayfield's Snapchat score was extremely high, meaning he had engaged in contacting people. Doesn't mean this exact activity, right. but contacting people. He's on Snapchat a lot. Okay. Which, you know, you can be Snapchatting buddies or whatever. That doesn't mean anything. But in the course of her visit to the show, other young women began to call the show. You're kidding me. Yes. Telling the exact same story. That they had met Baker Mayfield. They had hooked up on Snapchat. That he'd gone to lengths to make sure they didn't take any photos or whatever. But she had, this one girl had photos that Baker Mayfield sent to her of uh, parts of his anatomy, shall we say. Uh, so that's what's up with the Cheesecake Factory, why it's trending, why you'll hear, may you hear your buddies around the water cooler making jokes today about Baker Mayfield and the Cheesecake Factory. So, uh, look, uh, she says this happened a month after Baker Mayfield was married. Uh, another, The other girl who called in said that it happened before he was married, but while he was engaged. Another girl who called in said it happened wow. the day he got back from his honeymoon. So I mean, uh, but uh, I'm not uh, going to say this happened, but I'm going to say if looks bad, it looks bad, and it's indicative of a larger issue that you and I have talked about with Baker Mayfield, which is judgment, maturity, and judgment. Boy, how would you uh, like to be Kevin Stefanski this morning, right? Or, or <clears throat> you know, even Baker Mayfield's wife, right? Yeah, right. And and. The Browns how, organization. How? Well, yeah. How, He's the face of their franchise. This is not. This is not a, a you know a hanger on guy that you can afford to get rid of. This is uh, this is the face of your franchise, and this kind of story. It doesn't uh, go away. Either. No, it never. It, this will never go away. This will be a running joke. I mean, there's which, there's you know, the Browns are that anyway. You know, there's players that have had this. Happened to them. I recall. I think Brett Favre got involved in an yep. incident at one time yep. or another yep. with, when he was with the Jets, maybe or something. Yeah, and I, I can name the girl's name, so that oh. tells you how much, how long, well, how much right. longevity it has. But I, th but 
people don't think about that when they see Brett Favre. Uh, they, I think, well, I think about the copper stuff because I wear it all the time. Yeah. And what a great competitor he was. I don't think about that. But I think today's day and age, it's a little bit different because, as you said, Snapchat stuff and messages and all that stuff, they don't go away. And Baker's such a young guy and has so much uh, future in front of him. And he's the decision-making process. If you're Jimmy Haslam or if you're Kevin Stefanski or if you're, uh, what's uh, Barry's first name? Andrew Barry. Andrew Barry. Andrew Barry or... Deep Podesta, I don't know because oh. I just don't. I don't know. Well, I don't know what you know. I don't know what the what the the what is his job again? Uh, chief strategy. Officer. I don't know what the chief strategy officer yeah, he, thing. He I just Baker can't be. Should, he and Baker should spend more time together because I would argue this is not a good strategy for Baker Mayfield. It, it's to not a good look for the Browns. It's not a good look for Baker Mayfield. I mean, we had the Kareem Hunt incident a few weeks ago. Now you have the Baker Mayfield incident, and. I, you know, it's really sad. I don't, I don't get any joy out of this. I don't think there's any humor in this whatsoever. I do think that um, I don't know the credibility of it. I mean, calling into a radio show name in Rover saying you had sex with Baker Mayfield. Well, this I don't girl know how was credible. willing to go in there and sit there for 35 minutes and put her. Fa- I mean, she's on. They televised the show. She, her name's out. She, she was. She's not trying to hide. And she claims, why are you doing this? She claims because then she got mad. And, again, I don't identify with how 20-year-olds think. She got mad and decided to out him because he blocked her on Twitter. So, I, I, <laughs> I mean, yeah. That's, look. So, once again, it's putting yourself in b- it's, bad situations. It's judgment. It's judgment and maturity. And he's a franchise quarterback. And, look, anyone with his profile – Heisman Trophy winner, number one overall pick, NFL starting quarterback, who believes they can engage in this kind of activity and it can stay a secret no matter what kind of precautions Not you today's engage day in. Age. Come on, you just have to, you are in a fantasy land. You are delusional if you think you can keep this. If you can trust essentially a total stranger to keep a secret that it would embarrass you, embarrass your organization, embarrass yeah. the National Football League, embarrass your wife, embarrass your family. Like where is the judgment? It doesn't well, I, have any. It's just this is this is Johnny Manziel esque. This is something that if this happened with Johnny Manziel, you'd go, oh yeah, that makes sense. Has Baker made a comment yet? Nope. Are the Browns made a comment yet? Not to my knowledge. You think they will? You think he will? Well, he's gonna have to because this kid. I mean, you're an NFL quarterback. You can't go Steve Carlton and never talk to the media. I mean, he's going to be asked about it. Of course he's going to be asked about it. Jeez. So I, I have no idea how they're going to handle this. I don't even have – What look, would you I'm say? Two men, in a, two men in a basement, I'd have to ponder a strategy to handle this. I mean, I, I would – you know, I mean, I'm, I'm always air on the side of full disclosure. To deny it, I just call him in. If I'm Haslam, I call him in. I'm like, you doing this? And if he's like, yes, I'm like, okay, we got to get you – we got to get you some help. Yeah, Psychologically, we have to get you some help. I'm just thinking of of his wife right now and how difficult that was. Even the accusations, right? I mean, you. Can, she's gone to the mat to defend him to take on people. She's as combative as as he is. Yeah. People criticize Baker. She goes, claps right back at him. So I I guess two things. I think um, if Baker would admit and say that yes, this is true, 
I think he needs to get up there and his wife is willing and saying, you know, I'm going to get help. I'm going to get counseling. We're going to work through this. Uh, I'm going to be better. And you got to try to get out in front of it. I think the good thing, <clears throat> I don't even want to call it a good thing. I think the opportune thing is the timing of it. It's in February and it's not in August to start a training camp yeah. when all this hits because all of a sudden then it has more of an effect on the whole team as a whole, right? And I'm just speaking from a Cleveland Browns organization. So if I'm Andrew Barry or Stefanski or Haslam, I'm sitting in a meeting room. The only good thing we got going on is this is February. And we got to think of what's best for the Cleveland Browns. Obviously, he's our starting quarterback and he's our number one quarterback. We need to get him in here. We need to ask him. And and he's got to be completely honest with us. We're going to stick by you here, Baker, because he's the starting quarterback, so they have no other choice but to stick by him right now at this point. Yep. I Do you agree with that, that there's no other choice to stick by him? I was just going to ask you, what's his trade value? It's, ni- it's nil. He's dramatically reduced. Well, I mean, again. You're, you're, I mean, you got the 10th pick. You can get a quarterback at the 10th pick. Uh, yeah, but then you're starting start you're all starting over, start or you could get again. a quarterback at the tenth pick and to hold him. Look, hey, I mean, here's the thing: at this point in time, I do think organizationally they have to have a discussion. Philip Rivers is out there. Teddy Bridgewater is a free agent. There are there are short term fixes. I don't think Bridgewater is a short term fix. Philip okay. Rivers. If we have to send this guy away, I mean, if we have to send this guy away for nine months to get fixed we got to have a backup plan i mean if this guy does this again if there's something worse we don't know about i mean at this point chris this is a multi-million dollar operation yeah, you it's know the what? worth of it is a billion dollar operation you can't just say okay well this is our problem we got to deal with this brings in you know when the, when the tiger woods thing happened i knew instantly that wasn't a traffic accident you know that was more than that he was cheating on his wife i knew did I know there were porn stars and pancake waitresses involved? No. You can't know the depth of the so, problem. So look, they got to figure out this could be way, way worse. I'm going to tell you what I would do, but I want to ask you a, a question. So now as a reporter, as a reporter back in, well, I guess you're kind of a reporter now. Okay, but let's say I'm on the Browns beat. You're on the Browns beat. Pretend I'm on the Browns Tony Grossi or Mary Kay Cabot. It's or, your obligation now, yeah. or do you start digging for other stuff? Yeah, I do. The first thing I do is I go, I send my court people down to the courthouse and see if anybody's filed a paternity suit against him. Mm-hmm. It's the first thing I look for. Really? I'm looking for it. Yeah. He's engaging in activity outside his marriage. It's silly to think that he wouldn't be capable of that. I'm just te- I'm just checking the boxes of the things I'd look for. Okay. So, yeah, that, that may, you make a good point because now they're going to, you know, now that becomes the focus of of what's going on, right? That Baker Mayfield, who at could have been the most beloved Browns Cleveland personality in the history of Cleveland, Ohio, in my opinion. Yeah. A, a, he would be a close runner-up to LeBron James. Could have been. It's a football town, so he might even pull even with if he, if he would, would have performed at a high level. If and, he would perform at a high level because he wouldn't have left them, presumably. And the NFL franchise quarterbacks stay the same place. Yeah, I'm not saying, nor is I don't think Chris is saying, his ability would have ever matched LeBron James' ability relative to the NBA. But his degree of 
the affection that Northeast Ohio would have for Baker Mayfield uh, it's on, it's on could have absolutely eclipsed because it's the, the affection. more because it's the Browns, That's right? Because it's the Browns. Not, if he not made the them Cavaliers, a perennial yeah. playoff team, if he if he had played to the level and the team had achieved the level of success, even that it had with Bernie Kosar, I believe he would have been very close to LeBron James' popularity. If he ever got him to Super Bowl, he'd eclipse LeBron's popularity. So you just got me thinking. So what's the one thing that uh, Cleveland has not had at that position, the quarterback position, is stability. Whether it's on-field stability, off-the-field stability, the quarterback position has not been stable for a very long time. In fact, you know, you do a Browns game, and they put up that chart all the time, and that graphic of all the starting quarterbacks. And they show the person with the jersey the with the names crossed out. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, you, you brought a name up that brings stability. It's Teddy Bridgewater. Oh, I was thinking Philip Rivers. No, Philip Rivers is. You think he's he, shot? Yeah, I do. I think it's it's. I mean, I think he can still play, but if you're, it's not what you're looking for. If you have a new head coach, what if you got a team where you can hand it off to Nick Chubb and Kareem Hunt? I I just think Philip Rivers wouldn't be the move. I think Teddy Bridgewater would be the move. So Teddy Bridgewater's a free agent, I believe. Yes, he is. And so I would look at trying to dump Baker Mayfield. Now, when you dump make Baker Mayfield, if you do. You would? or I, I Yes, you yeah, talked me right into now. it. I talked you into it? Okay. I think I would. I was just saying that's the, that's due diligence on the franchise. I think I would. I want an insurance policy at the very I least. I think I would, and I think I would look for him. I don't know what you can get for him because, obviously, his trade value is, is now – you're getting, plummeting. You're getting nothing for him. You know, because you can't trust him. You and need it, two teams to bid. That's the only way you get anything above a third or fourth round pick for him. And I know teams are quarterback desperate, but you can't trust Baker right now because of the year that Baker had and because some of his uh, reactions to certain things. I don't know if teams want that drama. Every team, especially at that position, is looking to avoid drama. It's a, Everybody it's, is. It's the ultimate leadership position. Yeah. This behavior is the antithesis of leadership and good decision so I, making. I, I don't. I mean, I think you consider it. I, 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 I can't make that decision now. I mean, I'm really taking it. I, I think you consider trading him, but I, I do think that if I'm a head coach and I go in and say with a, if I'm Kevin, I go in and talk to Andrew Barry and Jimmy Haslam. I say, look, I need stability at that position. It's a rarity. Uh, the stability that I'm looking for could be had in Teddy Bridgewater. And, re and remember, Kevin Stefanski has a relationship with Teddy that's Bridgewater right. from that's Teddy's right. time with the Vikings and Kevin's time with the Vikings. Maybe that's the best thing for the organization. And but I would note, and Browns fans will note this, back in the day when Bridgewater came out, I think it was Joe Banner. I can't keep track of the GM timetable, but they – apparently had Bridgewater rated number one at that position and had a chance to take him and didn't take him. Boy, that's that's intriguing. I mean, that, don't you think about think about? Do I you think about that right you, now? Absolutely. You said, what you said that Kevin Stefanski would say to them is absolutely dead on. I need stability at that position. The other thing the Browns have to think about. And it's so hard to find two, stability. The Browns can get out of their commitment to Baker Mayfield after four years. We're halfway through that. Just keep him? Well, you can keep him, but, I mean, you could keep him and see if you can get him right. And uh, But the other thing I would do as an organization, I'd put that guy through so many medical tests to make sure he's healthy. 
physically healthy. What about mentally? I'd put him through that too. But when you're doing, if these, if this activity alleged is true, he is putting himself in a position where you don't know what kind of problems you're flirting with. And I'd want to make sure, A, yeah. is this guy medically healthy? Because he, if he's Snapchatting somebody and hooking up with them and meeting them right away, dude, like, <laughs> you know, just what a dumb decision. What if it's not true, though? That's the whole... Okay, well, I mean, you know, I don't know how... I mean, are there people wacky enough to go in yes. and sit... Yes, I'm just say yes. There are people wacky enough to go in, sit in a radio studio, pose as some fanciful scenario... She's got pictures of him, his see, face, I don't, I don't see his the face contacting her, his face, not his anatomy, his face. Other, I'm, I'm, these are showing up on Twitter. Watch Twitter today and see what happens. Women who've screenshotted, if this has happened, there will be pictures, and it's Baker Mayfield with a blue check mark. It's, it's verified. Baker Mayfield account. I mean, I please Baker, don't come out with I was hacked. I mean, it's the lamest thing you could do. Again, full disclosure is the best path. It's a painful path in the beginning, but you're better off getting it all out because you've turned yourself into a hunted animal. You have. Everybody, you know, congratulations. TMZ's now digging into your past. TMZ, That's who you don't want digging into and, your past, and right? And TMZ pays for information. They pay for information. Now, you can argue about the merits of that from a journalism perspective, and I've never paid for information and never would. But just because you pay for information doesn't mean the information is incorrect. And the Browns have to deal with the reality and what comes to light. And if what comes to light is true, the Browns can't get hung up on, well, but they paid her ten grand for a story. Doesn't matter. If there's a story there and it's a problematic story, and again, all this is if... But you have to consider all possibilities if you're the Cleveland Browns at this point. And the thing I think about is is obviously there's going to be jokes. and I They mean, will never stop. To, it, it'll never stop, right? And no. it's just it's sad because if this – I hate saying this. And we're doing what we make fun of, if indeed true. There's an awful lot of smoke here. Yes, Okay, if the smoke is for fire this, for this to be completely fabricated. I I I there's no joy. I mean, it's just sadness for me that I, once again we have a situation where somebody has everything at their disposal. And you think of the the repercussions that it has on his family and on his wife if if indeed true, which I hate saying, but you have to look at it like that. And if the Browns, you have to find out if it's true. And if then what do you do from that standpoint? Because the Browns have responsibility to the 84 other players on the roster or right now. or in, When they go into offseason, they have a responsibility to the fan base to put the best thing out there. And so we'll see if it happens. Um, if they decide to keep him, Bruce, and Baker Mayfield, you're right, needs to get out there, have a press conference. Hopefully his wife will stand by him and say, okay, this is what we're doing and this is what happened, and I was wrong. Yeah. Um, I was looking on Twitter to find it. The, the, it just looks the, awful. The picture of uh, was Baker. Was that the girl? Yeah. Jeez. The picture of Baker that, uh, he, that, a, that a woman provided as confirmation that he had contacted her on Twitter. So 
That a different one. Yeah, different woman. Yeah. So hey, it's everything has to be on the table this morning for the Cleveland Browns. Whatever they had planned for the day has to be <laughs> over canceled. Big meeting around a big oak table. How many times have the Cleveland the Browns say that? I need a whole different calendar <laughs> no, for this. I mean, but the Browns probably say that more than any ever any team in NFL history. Whatever was on the table today, it's off because we now have this. Welcome to Cleveland, Kevin Stefanski. <sighs> that's that's sad. The whole situation's sad. That what about sad. Dak Prescott? What's going on with Dak Prescott? I'm just saying, uh, Dak oh. Prescott for Baker Mayfield. Um, I think that did you hear the? Uh, you know what? Did you hear the Jerry uh, might be that might entice well, Jerry. Did you hear that uh, the Tom Brady to the Dallas Cowboys? I've heard that? Yeah. So I was thinking, dumped a Dak. I'd take Dak Prescott. I'd take Dak Prescott. I'd take Dak Prescott. I'd take with I the would, team they have around. I him? would take Teddy Bridgewater. Now I'm getting into football mode because if I if it were me, I'm a different. You know, around football. I'm a different dude. I'd just be tired of the done. drama. The UN. I'm done. I'd just be tired of the drama. You know what? Just not dealing with it. Starting fresh. Well, I mean, you have a chance to start fresh because you have a new coach and a new front office. And yeah. all right, we made a mistake on Baker Mayfield. And it's a shame because I think he's a talented guy, man. I think he is so you you know, I don't know that, that I, I don't know that I'd get rid of you, him yet. You, I wouldn't get rid of him yet because I got him for two years and there's nothing he can do about it if I put him on the bench. Yeah. But I would absolutely well, that's come not to camp. True. He can cause wreak havoc and be a pain in the rear end in the locker room. And well, then you cut him and don't owe him any money. But he's still he's I don't, still I would still imagine goes you could put him. Cap. Yeah, but he's in a rookie deal. I mean, it's a granted it's an expensive rookie deal, but it's a rookie deal. I'm saying I am not going into the 2020 season without another viable alternative at quarterback because I don't know what I'm getting into. I, I, I'm i more – the more I think about it, uh, the more I go for Teddy Bridgewater because I can't I, – I don't, I don't know what you do with this anymore. I really don't. And I, I think <laughs> – if his Twitter was, ha- I think you can avoid those situations. You know what I'm. You know what I mean. I, as a, as an NFL player, there, you should never have to be put into this situation. And as a married NFL player, you should never put yourself in this situation, even if you were flirting around or whatever, just not serious. You got to think of the choices that you make and the decisions that you make and the direct effect that it has on everybody around you, your teammates and your family and your wife, every decision that you make. And you must assume that somebody's always watching. That's yeah. got to be rule number one. If I were to talk to a rookie class or if I were to talk to house state football players, somebody is always watching and the choices you make uh, not only affect you, but it affects those around you every single day. So make good choices. I got to stop looking at Twitter on Baker Mayfield because I'll laugh at something stupid and I don't want to do that. So we're moving on. I wanted to tell you, Spiels, about uh, our our friend Brock. Uh, Brock emailed the show uh, last Friday when you were gone. Oh, good. And uh, he was talking about his um, he lost his grandfather and uh, it really took an emotional toll on him. 
and he reordered his life from an exercise perspective. He says, I'm proud to say I've now lost over 100 pounds. Awesome. And he has been logging his food and exercise for 400 days. Check out Brock. There's Fit Brock on the right side. Wow. And there was Brock before he re, you know, re-altered his life. So awesome job, Brock. Awesome. I wanted, what, I wanted to let Spiels Way know to go, that. Brock. Thanks for sharing that, too, by the way. Yes, It means a lot to me and to us. And then Spiels shared his uh, frustration from uh, Del Boca Vista. <laughs> And Morty Seinfeld getting in his way I on felt, a bike. I felt really guilty. Look, I, I gotta, I gotta. Before you read this, I gotta yeah. say, I went home and I told my wife what I shared about, and it was more about frustration, yeah. not necessarily. I'm glad that you wanted to be, you wanted to learn patience. I wanted to see senior yeah. citizens. I, I want, I'm glad they're working out. And my wife looked at me and <laughs> with this, the strangest look. I get it. I get it once in a while, and it, and it was. What is the matter with you? And I said, if I'm going to do this podcast, I'm going to share yep. and be completely honest on what I struggle with and what I don't like about myself. And one of the things I don't like about myself is that I get frustrated with people because I'm not really a people person, believe it or not. I'm not. I get frustrated with people and something that I take very serious and I can't accomplish my goals because somebody's in there not doing what I think they should do because I think I know it all in there. And so that's why I shared the story, and that's something that I'm working on. So I just wanted to preface it yes. so people understand if they didn't hear Monday's broadcast where I'm coming from. And you can always reach out and comment on things we say on the podcast. Ask us questions. Spielman Hooley Podcast at gmail.com. Spielman Hooley Podcast at gmail.com. You can follow us on Facebook. You can follow us on uh, Instagram. And not on Snapchat. <laughs> We're staying off Snapchat, okay? Just, See, I knew that was coming out. Just to All be right. safe. All right. Well, you got to let me be. You got to let me be myself a little, a bit, little yeah. bit. So here's an email from Dan. He said, "I was listening to the Monday podcast about the dilemma in a hotel fitness center. My go-to is always to ask the person using the equipment how long they are going to be, so I can plan and adjust it into my workout. If need be, I will tell them I have this weight loss program that I am trying to follow. Wow. 95% of the time, the people are cordial and will be honest on how long they are going to be. Plus, I can work out around it so I don't get frustrated. Try it sometime, and hopefully it will be successful <laughs> Thank you, for Dan. you as it is for me. And he signs it, you win with people. Uh, yeah, I, I, Thank you, Dan. You know what, Dan? I, that's good advice, and maybe I'll try that. And if the problem is I get snarky in... I can get a little sarcastic, and instead of saying, hey, how long are you going to be on that? What do you got, another three or four days on there, or what are you going to do here? You know? <laughs> that's, that's, are you posing for a sketch artist yeah. over there? Oh, <laughs> uh, yeah, I know. Thank uh, you, Dan. Thank you, Dan. That's good stuff. That man. is good, I'll, and I certainly will take that under advisement. Um. In the spiritual realm today, on the faith portion of the podcast, um, did you have something you wanted to no, share today? Go ahead. I, well, just the, the the topic of the topics of the day. Um, I think a uh, perhaps a useful topic to talk about is brokenness. And if you don't know what uh, brokenness is, it's pretty much self-explanatory. It's when you really screw up. Um, which seems appropriate seems appropriate given what we've talked about here today when you really screw up uh how do you come back in sports we love a comeback story so how do you come back 
Um, I think in my life, I've had to acknowledge fully uh, my mistake. And the word that's often tied to brokenness and coming back from brokenness is repentance. Uh, Repentance is different than sorrow. Uh, Sorrow is genuine, but repentance is sorrow combined with a commitment to change. It is a commitment, a firm commitment to change, uh, because there is a difference between being sorry you got caught and purposing to change in your life. So Once again, appropriate. Yeah, so that's... Um, and I've been broken many times, broken by my own behavior, uh, broken by my own failures, broken by decisions other people made that impacted me. Um, and in those moments of brokenness, the great thing about uh, faith in Christ is faith is trust, trust in Jesus Christ, is that there's an array of things that I have found when I have sought him with great purpose and diligence. And among those things are comfort um, through the Word of God, through the kindness of friends, through the prayers of others, um, encouragement, inspiration. Um, And Chris has shared the verse before about um, the hope that we have. Um, There's hope when you stick with the right things. And um, the right thing in my life has been uh, my faith in Christ. He's never let me down in those situations. I've hurt. I've been miserable. I've been in prolonged, what I would term, suffering and depression. Um, But he's always brought me out of that wilderness. And so brokenness, uh, whatever you're going through, uh, there is hope. And I would encourage you to hang on to that hope. Very nice. I concur. I don't have any sidebars or anything to add to that, but I think with our show, and it's a good today in the topics today, and actually a good reminder for me and for you and for the listeners, I have a list of verses here that I would like to share. Mm -hmm. Pride goes before destruction and a haughty spirit before a fall. That's Proverbs 6.18. Whoever exalts himself will be humbled, and whoever humbles himself will be exalted. That's Matthew 23.12. For our God opposes the proud, but gives grace to the humble. That's James 4.6. Therefore, let us stop passing judgment on one another. Instead, make up your mind not to put any stumbling block or obstacle in your brother's way. It's Romans 14, 13. Many who are first will be last, and many who are last will be first. That's Matthew 19, 30. Humble yourselves before the Lord, and he will lift you up. James 4, 10. For the Lord takes delight in his people. He crowns the humble with salvation. Psalms 149, 4. And last, To him is able to keep you from falling and to present you before his glorious presence without fault and with great joy. To the only God, our Savior, be glory, majesty, power, and authority through Jesus Christ our Lord before all ages, now and forever. Jude 124.25. And so I pulled all those verses about humility. Um, 
because I do think there's a lack of humility in, in our society today. There's a lack of humility generally uh, in human beings. Mm-hmm. Uh, pride does become come before the fall. So humble yourselves and understand that everything good is God-given. And when you put yourselves in bad situations, if you do make mistakes, um, look at yourself honestly and admit those mistakes and understand that, yes, there could be consequences with those mistakes. But you also can be forgiven if you indeed uh, practice what Bruce talked about was repentance, where you understand that there you are sorry, really sorry for what you've done, and you're going to commit not to do it again. So that all tied in very well. But humility is a good thing. Being humbled is a good thing. And there's blessings in contentment. Not blessings in being complacent, but there's blessings in being content. Yeah. There's nobody in heaven that's not forgiven. It's one thing they all got in common. (laughs) And so, you know, if you're forgiven, you got something you need to be forgiven for. And no mountain's too high for God to so, forgive. Nothing you've done is too big for God to forgive you for it. I expect a uh, strongly worded email to Jimmy Haslam and Andrew Barry about our solution from two guys in a, in a basement NFL consulting firm of what they need to do. Well, she was on the Rover Morning Show yesterday, so I would I would hope they haven't waited until today to get on that. But um, maybe they're still meeting, but they got to consider everything. And whatever they do, as it becomes public, we'll... Analyze it, comment on it, and uh, try to fold it in to uh, the prism through which we view life. Appreciate you guys listening, and we appreciate your commitment to being better men, better people, better servants. It's a privilege to have your time. We appreciate it very much. Have a great Wednesday. Talk to you again on Friday.